So we're holding in Perek Tezayin. Pasuk Daled. And it says, Ahi Acharechem, after the incident in Azo, Vayayahav Isha Benachos Sherech Ushmad Lila. Again, it's presented as doing something wrong. Not that he married her or that he was Megayar her, but that's Vayayahav. Now, the Rambam writes, we saw previously that Shimshon was a tzaddik, he wouldn't have married a non-Jew, or he wouldn't have had relations with a non-Jew. And if that's the case, in this case as well, we have to say that Shimshon was Megayar, according to Rambam. But nevertheless, since the Gairus was only in order to marry her, it wasn't a Gairus Lechatchina. Like he uh, said in the previous case as well. And therefore, even if we're going to go with the Rambam's assumption that Shimshon was Megayar Delila, but uh, definitely it wasn't a Gairus Lishma, and we see that her sympathies were still with the Plishtim. And therefore we see in Pasukai, Vayalo Elea Sarnei Plishtim. The Sronim, the officers of the Plishtim, come to her. Vayamrila, and they say to her, Pati Yosei. So to speak, suggest him. Vayayi Bameh Koyche Godel. See what makes him so strong. Vayameh Nukhaloi. And if that's the case, how are we going to be able to overcome him? Vayasar Nuhu Laanoisei. And then if we can overcome him, what you're going to do is you're going to take him a captive to torture him. In other words, the Plishtim didn't just want to kill Shemeshon, they wanted to take revenge on Shemeshon. And uh, the offer, Each one of us will give you a thousand and a hundred silver pieces. Now, that's a tremendous amount of money. And the question is, what would be wrong with a thousand? Why a thousand one hundred? Why would that be a, more of a temptation? Than just a thousand. So we'll see what the why dafka that was the amount that they suggested. There were five strong of the Plishtim. Oh. So we're talking about if we read it that each one of them would have given it this amount, like the Masurus explains that Kolish, each one of us will give you this amount, so it comes to a lot of money. So there was a very strong temptation uh, for the leader to try and betray Shimshon. And that's what she says, Shimshon. So she says to him, Hagidanali, by Please tell me, what makes you so strong? And what can be done to someone who wanted to capture you could do it in order to torture you? Now the question is, why would she sound... That's a very stupid way to ask the question. Like, why would Shushan uh, even listen to her? It's quite obvious that uh, she doesn't have his best interests at heart. So, there's two different approaches to explaining the story with Lynn. Uh We'll take the one which is easier to explain first. And that is exactly the opposite. Dila was a double agent. So she told Shimshan. She told Shimshan that Shimshan were trying to find out uh, what makes you so strong and how they're going to conquer you. And I'm on your side, Shimshan. If you tell me what it is that makes you strong, I'll help you. I'll make sure that uh, whatever it is that makes you strong, I'll provide it. And if you tell me what it is that will cause them to overcome you and be able to capture you, so I'll protect you. In other words, she wasn't uh, that stupid that she like, asked him straight out, like, how am I going to, how the Plishtim going to overcome you? She presented it as, she's with him against the Plishtim. And therefore, uh, he would, she was hoping he would open up to her, considering her to be on his team, so to speak, and tell, him, tell her what made him strong. So, we see that Shimshon isn't so quick to really trust her. I am really a if they would bind me with seven Yisarim Marobs, 
which are we haven't dried yet, which means when you take the reeds from the tree and they're still wet, uh, they haven't dried out, they're still stronger. So if you'd make these reed ropes and they're st- when they're still wet in time, you have seven ropes, v'cholisi, I'd get sick, v'yisi ka'achadon, I'd be like any other person. So the point the Shemesh was telling her was two points. The first one is, uh, he doesn't tell her what made him strong. But what he told her is he answered the second question. How would he be able to be uh, conquered, so to speak? How would he be able to overcome? So he said, if he tied with his ropes... Now, Shemesh had been tied with ropes before. When the Bnei Yehuda brought him back to the Plishtim, they tied him with ropes, and it didn't help. It says that Hashem helped him, and the ropes fell off his, uh, fell off his uh, arms like straw. So why would it, the idea of tying him with ropes be more successful this time around? So that's why he adds the word v'chalisi. That it's another just an occurrence that ropes can bind me, but this would make me sick. And if I would be, get sick, I'd lose my strength. And I'd be like another person. Now here also we have to understand what, what is Shemshin trying to do? If he didn't want to open up to her, then he should have told her, I'm not telling you. And uh, if he wanted to tell her, so why is he trying to lie to her? What was the point of playing the game? More than that, Reb writes, in one of his farm, that uh, if it was just uh, like Shimshon was playing a game with him, being dishonest uh, time and again, like we're going to see, then Nachib would have no reason to tell it to us. What, what, why do we have to learn about that? So obviously, there wasn't, it wasn't that Shimshon was completely lying to her and was just trying to send her on the wrong track. It was also something which we could find out, she would find out about. So there was no point just to lie for the sake of lying. And what there was a certain cheshment to what Shimshon was saying, which we have to explain. But we're going to find the whole sequence first, then afterwards we'll try to go back and explain. So the first thing she, he, he tells, tells her, he doesn't answer the first question of what made him strong, but he says, if you want to know what would cause me to be overcome, to be overpowered, it's if you would tie me with these seven ropes. Okay, so then she immediately reports back to the sign they pushed him. Shimshon told me what's going to make him strong. So they brought her what she wanted. They brought her the seven ropes which was still hadn't dried out. She tied him up with him. Now, was Shimshon a willing participant in this or not? In other words, uh, what, what, what do you think was happening? He, she asked him, what would make you sick? So he says, if you tie me with seven ropes, it will make me sick. Okay, so she comes with seven ropes, let's make you sick. Well, what did he think was going on? Now, we have to explain. What was, the, what was the Shimshon's agreement to go along with this? And what happened? She, she was convinced that this match was telling the truth. And therefore, she sits in the ambush of Pishtim waiting in the room. The ambush was waiting in the room. So she says, Pishtim, the Pishtim are here. And obviously, the Erev, the points to the, the, the guards who were there of the Pishtim. And what does Shimshon do? And he, so he snaps these ropes. Like if you have a still uh, like a, a reed of dry straw, when the fire touches it, it just breaks. So the as soon as he saw the pistol, he just like flexes his muscles, the ropes break. He didn't even have to use strength for that. In other words, wasn't like he had to show exert himself that he needed strength to break the ropes. So obviously that wasn't something which would have an effect on him. And therefore she says to him, I Shimshon, he made to be made fun of me. But to Dabra like Sovereign, you lied to me. So I thought she brought an ambush on me. I thought I gave him Now tell me the truth. You know, she gave up the first question of what's is making him strong because he obviously didn't want to answer that. But it's the second question. Tell me how you, what's going to overcome you. Now once again, what does Simpson think? 
she saw he saw that she wasn't reliable. Not only that, he saw she brought Plishtim to see what would happen if uh, if when she tried to tie him with the ropes the first time round. So why in the world would he go along with it the second time? He obviously knew she wasn't on his team. So, but nevertheless, you see, Shemshon plays the game with her. And he says to him, If you have to not take thin ropes, you have to take thick ropes. And always saw ropes like a hadas, which is like three ply. In other words, they're all tw- twisted together. Uh, t- uh, three different ropes together. And also they have to be new ropes. They haven't been used for anything else yet. Then I'll get sick like any other person. So this time, the Plishtim weren't so quick to listen to her. So whereas the last time she told the Sarnay Plishtim uh, what Shemshim said, and they were quick to bring her what she wanted, this time you see they didn't bring it to her. She had to do it herself. Why is there a retaliation on this part? So what happens? Yeah. So then she does what he says. She takes the new ropes, she ties him with them. And again she tells them, the Plishtim are here. And once again, she brought Plishtim to, to ambush him. And he broke the ropes like a chut, like a thread. Now here we already see a difference. The first time it compares breaking the ropes to psil no iris, to a, like a dry uh, reed, which touches the fire, it, it just disintegrates. Now it's a chut. To break a string, it's not impossible, but it needs a certain amount of koyach. So this time it was harder for Shemshon to do, so to speak. He managed to break the ropes, but it was... Uh, a, more of an effort. That's what it does in those terms. Nevertheless, I definitely didn't rent him like everybody else. Again, you lied to me. You made fun of me. Exactly the same question as before. And uh, this time he says that if you're going to tie the so to speak, the plaits of my hair with the masachis. Uh, masachis is something they used for weaving. It was like a, a board which they used to to attach the, the chassis strings that they could afterwards weave with it. It was like a loom, basically, a hand loom. So you should tie my hair to the loom. What you call Sheva Makhtafas Roshi, and Vashim explained, is that because, as a Nazir, he never cut his hair. But if that's the case, he would be what's called in Halacha Peru Rosh. A person whose hair is unkempt, is wild. And Nalach is a person who is a Purush, isn't allowed into Beis Mikdash, or in this case, into Mishkan. And therefore, what is a Nazir meant to do? So, what they used to do was they used to tie their hair into like a kind of a plait. And the person can say that wasn't, and he wasn't a Purush, his hair wasn't wild and unkempt, it was, it was like tied together. So, obviously, Shimshon, as in having never cut his hair, had a lot of hair. So, he had tied it into seven different plaits in order to uh, keep it, so to speak, contained. So now he tells her, uh, he already admits something that it's not just at the time with ropes, but it has to do with his hair. And he says, if you would tie the plaits of my hair to this masechus, which the ulum, which will obviously be a heavy uh, piece of furniture, then, then he would, then what? He doesn't say. The other times he said, the other times he said, I'll get sick and I'll be like any other person. He doesn't say what would happen. He just says, if you do that, then what would happen? So that's not what. So what she does is she doesn't tie his head to the masechus. Rather, what she does is she takes a peg, a yased, and she drives it through his hair into the into the masechus. Instead of tying his head to the loom, What's the, mas- uh, the masechus is the, the loom. Yes, instead of that, she t- she sticks a peg 
threw his hair into the room. And we see this time it wasn't even true. The Plishtim weren't there. The Plishtim tried the first two times. And this time they gave up trying. They saw that he's not, playing, he's not being honest with her. So they don't have an Orev in their room. But nevertheless, they, she wakes, she was sleeping. And she tells him, the Plishtim are here. So he can't see that they are there. Not that he just wakes up. But Vayikat Mishlasa, so he jumps up from his sleep. And when he does it, he pulls the whole peg and the masechas with him. So obviously to detach with his hair, something of that size, it shows you still as strong as before. Now, those are the three times where, so to speak, she tries to convince him what's going to, what's going to cause him to get weaker, and he doesn't refuse to answer, he doesn't leave her. He, each time he makes up something else, and obviously none of them make any difference. So, we have to go back and explain, what's the, what, what, what's the point of Nacht What was Shemshan thinking? Now, but after the third time, when also, obviously, he hadn't told the truth. So, how can you tell me you love me, and you obviously don't care about me? Three times already you've made fun of me. you got to tell and you didn't tell me what makes you so strong. So now she goes back to the first question again. Remember there were two questions. The first question was, what makes you so strong? The second question is, what would cause you to get uh, get captured? So originally she asked both. And then she gave up with the first question. She just asked him what would cause them to capture you. And when she saw that it was going nowhere, what to explain what she, why, why she saw it after three times, so now she goes back to the first question. And if you don't want to tell me what, what's going to capture you, at least tell me what made you so strong. Now, Shimshon was a gibber. There was no reason for him to give in to her. Uh, but what happened is, when she starts to to cause him tsar uh, every day, so then she forces him, basically, to give in to her, because I got to the stage where he rather have died than had to carry on fighting with her. And here we go back to the question we asked at the beginning, and that is, so just leave her. What, what, what's, what's keeping him here that he, get up, he gets to a stage where he's mziah, he gives up. It's like it's too much to deal with her, so he'd rather die, he'd rather give, give in. And at that stage, so Shimshan makes the big mistake that we're going to see. He tells her the whole truth. A razor or a scissors, a knife, has never touched my head. Because I've been a Nazir of Hashem since I was born. If I would be shaved, then I'd lose my strength. I'd be like every other person. It's interesting here that Mephoshim point out that he changed the language. Until now he said, I'd be like one person. And now he says, And it's not for nothing. We already seen before and the expression, is the first of the people. Or like every Melech said about himself, the first, which means it doesn't mean a regular person, it means the first of the people. And therefore, until now, what Simshan said is that if you do this to me, I'll get weaker, but I'll still be the best, I'll still be Ka'achas Adam, I'll still be the, like, the strongest person. You know, even if you're going to do time me with ropes or whatever else you're going to do to me, and I would lose some of my strength, I'd still be like the first of the people, I'll still be one of the strongest people there are. But now he tells her the truth, and he says, if you, if you cut off my hair, then I'd be like anybody else. I won't have any special matter. 
But now he tells her the truth, and that is that the strength I have is because I'm a Nazir. This is a... Uh, now, the question is, was that a secret? That it was such a big deal to try to find out that Shemesh was a Nazir? Nechara, all the Jews knew that. And, uh, they, 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 he was their leader. It wasn't like some... Uh, and they obviously knew that he never cut his hair. They could see that. He never, he never went into a vineyard. They knew, they knew that he was a Nazir. So why was it such a big secret that that was... Uh, that was something which the Plishtim had to work so hard to try and reveal that that was the secret of his strength. So there's two possible options to explain. The first one is, the Kribbeh never put two and two together. And as if that, they knew he was a Nazir, but why should that make him strong? And therefore they didn't think that the one would cause the other one. Not every Nazir was so strong. He knew that because that was the Nuvo Hashem gave his mother, that he's going to be a Nazir and he's going to say, Klai, he's strong. But uh, after the Plishtim realized the one's going to do the other one. So that was the one point. The other nukud that could be, and that is another point, and that is, uh, as much as the Christian subject go to the Jews, and uh, the Jews weren't running to be most of to the Christian, so they had no Indian to tell the Christian what made Shemeshim so strong. And that's the case, the Christian didn't know, even if the Jews did, and therefore they had to try and find out on their own, because they didn't have any informers who were going to tell them what, what Shemeshim's strength came from. Either way around, so that's what Shemeshim tells us. Now Dira sees that she told him the truth. It was, now, so how does she know that? So the Gemara says one or two reasons. Either it says Nikarim Debrehemis. In other words, it made sense. He was a Nazir. And to say that's what's going to do, if he would lose that, he would lose his strength, was more logical than saying if you tie him with this rope or that rope, whatever it's going to be, what's the one going to do the other one? Why should the rope make him weak? And so this actually made sense. That was the one, the one thing the Gemara says, Nikarim Debrehemis. The other thing the Gemara says is because he used Hashem's name. He says, Nazir Lakim and Batin. And he wouldn't have, if he was trying to lie to like he did the previous times, he wouldn't have said Shem Shemai for nothing. Uh, and therefore, so Hashem said, he must be telling the truth. Now, that's an interesting point. The poets can point out, and to say Hashem's name if you're telling the truth is okay. To say Nazir Lakim if it's true, that's okay. So they say, yes. You see that uh, the problem is Shem Shemai the Vatala, which means if you're saying it for nothing or for a lie. But if he's saying something which is true, and he was a Nazir Hashem, so it wouldn't have been wrong to use Hashem's name uh, to say that, to say the MS. Okay. Okay, so anyway, so to say the MS, he, 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 he could say Hashem's name. And exactly the words that Malach Rujah told his mother, Nazir Elikim, Yanayim, and Abatan, that's the words he repeated, Nazir Elikim, and Yanayim, Okay, so now she calls back the Sane Pishtim, Vatishlach, Vatikula Sane Pishtim, Lehmer Aluapam. This time come back. Why? Uh, you've fooled us around enough times before. Because this time I know you told me the truth. So now they believed her. So they came. Uh, they promised her big money. So they brought the money with them. Um, they were confident this time that she was telling the truth. Now, she makes them fall asleep. She called somebody, uh, obviously, who had to use a, a razor or scissors, whatever it was, and she cuts this off all his hair. And she tries to do something to like, see what he would react. And exactly like he said, he lost all his strength. So you see, this time the fishing didn't wait inside. They weren't so convinced she was right. 
But afterwards, Vatayimu Pnishtim Alech Hashem Mishon. She says the 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 he didn't know that the Ruach of Gvur, which Hashem gave him, had left him because he, right, because he had the brokenness of Zerus. And therefore this time he couldn't defend himself. Exactly what they said they were going to do. They said we're going to capture him and torture him. As they did. They caught him. They, they blinded him. They brought him to Aza. And they... They basically they tied him with the metal chains or with handcuffs of made out of copper. They put him to work in the base of Hasirim in the in the jail. And now they weren't afraid he could do anything. You know, the same man who originally could pick up the gates of Azad and walk around with them. Now they could just put him like tie him with the metal chain and there was nothing they weren't scared of him because they could see he had lost his strength. Okay, so that's the that's the second step of Shimshon's downfall. The story with the litter. Now, there's an interesting, there's an interesting uh, postscript to the story, which is brought in one of the Farshim, He says an interesting point, and it says that even though the it says that the Pishim brought the money with them, so to speak, um, to pay her, but in the end they never gave it to her, and. Right, exactly like we'd expect in Christian society. Everybody is double-crossing everybody. Why didn't they give it to her? Because they said that the original deal they made with her is tell, is convince him to tell us two things. What makes him strong and how are we going to have a kind? And uh, that she never told them what made her strong. All that happened was, they said to, she said to them, that uh, I've taken away his strength, you can overcome it. But she never told them what he had told her. And therefore, I said, you didn't fulfill the condition. The condition wasn't just to give us, no, to, to hand us Shimshon. The condition was to tell us what his strength was. And I have to see why she didn't want to do that. But the interesting point is, uh, according to the, this, this, this title of the Farshim, she never told them that. She, never, she also didn't think they were going to be completely honest with her, so she wasn't going to tell them everything either. So she... she, she arrange things that they would be able to capture Shimshon, but she never told them what made Shimshon strong. And the result was, like the next passage says, His hair started to grow back again. Right, he's now in the jail, being captive. Now, had they known that if his hair grows, he's going to get back his strength, so of course they would never let that happen. But there was something they didn't know. She never told them what, what he had told her. So they thought, whatever it was, that okay, somehow either he, she, he managed, she managed to take away his strength, good, we've captured him. But she, they never knew what it was that he had told her, and therefore they never knew what to be careful of. Did you see that he looked a little different? Yeah, but then there was the reason. Maybe that was their thought, how, he had shown, how she had tested him to see if he was strong, and then they didn't put that together with the fact that that's why he lost his strength. Okay, that's just a script to the story, but uh, so this is the story of, of, of Lila. Now we have to go back and understand what's going on. We've seen the Pesukim in the Navi. So now we have to go back and explain like, what, 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 what was the Cheshman? What was happening? What did Shemshin think? What did she think? Why did Shemshin play the game with her? What was going on? What was the Cheshman? Like I said, from everybody's point of view, it's an extremely strange story. Um, on, on every single person involved, we can ask a lot of questions. Like, what, was, what, was, what did each one think? What are they doing? Okay, so let's talk to Chazal say. 
Chazal say, let's talk about Lila first. What she thought she was trying to do and where she was trying to go. And says, why is, we mentioned already yesterday, Chazal say, why was she called Lila? So it says that she, from the word to be medala, to take away, to minimize, to dilute, whatever language is translated. Shadil Dila es Koychoy, Shadil Dila es Maisov, and Shadil Dila es She basically, so to speak, depleted Shimshon. And the Yisrael was like this. And uh, Chazal even uses as a marshal to talk about how the Yetzirah works on a person. Obviously, the story was a real story, but uh, it's also the event as a lesson for the way the Yetzirah works on a person. There are different ways that the Yetzirah can try to trap a person. One of them is just to just keep trying to grind the person down again and again and again until eventually gives in. Sometimes the Yetzirah tries to catch a person by surprise. Sometimes it tries to convince him of something which he wants which is wrong, and sometimes it just takes a different approach. And that is, if I just keep asking again and again and again and again, eventually he's going to give in. And uh, that was the usage of what the, the Mahalik that Lila went. And that is, uh, she knew that also, Shumsh was not likely to tell her right away what made him strong, especially when she put the question to him, like, what's going to cause you to get overcome? And she also knew that the first time, the second time, that she saw he he, he saw it, he couldn't trust her because whatever he said, she did. So what was the technique? What is the strategy? And the strategy was, okay, that if you keep trying long enough, eventually he's going to give in. If you keep if you keep trying again and again and again and again and again, eventually he's going to give in. And that's exactly what the pasuk says happens. It, 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 we don't know how long it took, but it says in the pasuk that uh, so you right, right, it says She kept like incessantly being with Sarah with this on the whole time we don't know how long that is but eventually 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 I got to the, state, the breaking point and that's one technique that the Yetzirah uses in a person as well and that is not that it's coming with such Chachma it's coming with a clever way to trap him it's just insistent it doesn't give up and then that's where Gemara compares the Yetzirah to a fly a fly is not a particularly strong animal it's not a particularly cunning animal the, the, the problem with the fly is that it just doesn't give up you can brush it away, it comes back. You brush it away, it comes back. Eventually, you just give up. Enough with this fly already. Just leave it alone. And because you give up, it's just, it wears the person down eventually. The same, same thing again and again and again and again and again and again and again. And then you give up. And the Yatara works like that, with that technique also sometimes. And that is, it's not going to give up. He'll just keep trying. And if he wasn't Matthias the first time, not the second time, not the third time, all right, he'll keep trying again and again and again. The Bani Musa said that uh, this particular Yatara, a person can learn from. And that is, you see the, that the Yetzirah doesn't give up. When it tries to do something, it can do it a thousand times and will keep trying. So it's a, it's a lesson for a person. You should have the same resilience as the Yetzirah. That even if you try to do something it didn't work a thousand times, don't give up. You can use the same technique in reverse. Which means it can use it to wear you down. You can use it against the Yetzirah too. You try to do something once, you don't manage. So keep trying. Maybe the first time you didn't manage. Maybe the second time you didn't manage. Maybe the third time you didn't manage. Keep trying. Eventually, it'll be mitzliach. And that's the same technique he's using. He tries to get a person to do something wrong the first time, the second time, the third time, the fourth time, the fifth time, the sixth time. Just keep trying. Eventually, it's going to work. And that was the, that was the technique she used. The, the, the dalil, which is to dilute, to minimize. It wasn't that she came with a strategy to try and catch him right away. It was over a long course of time. Because if you keep going, you're eventually going to wear down the person's defenses. And eventually, he'll give in. Which was the technique she used. The obvious question which I'll talk about next time is why did Shimon play the game with her? As soon as he saw that she was trying to trap him, why did he just abandon her and leave? 
there's nothing holding it to stay there. So we have to explain what Shemeshim was thinking and then what the three steps were. Why Shemeshim had these three, uh, so to speak, attempts to send off the track, which weren't true. What are we doing? And that's the Hashem, that's Hashem we'll talk about next time.